Today we're going to talk about the appreciation in the Denver real estate market and how you can access some of that uh, equity that you've built up in the last few years. This is the Colorado Real Estate Experience. My name is Dick Gerard, and my co-host is Pat Draw. We work for Caliber Home Loans where you, we combine the digital mortgage experience with expert advice. Pat, how you doing today? Good, yourself, Dick? I'm great, I'm great. <laughs> so today we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, the crazy appreciation that we've seen in this market and how are we going to access some of that equity and why should we access some of that equity? Yeah, well, there's, I mean, what are the things you're gonna do with it? I mean, the one thing I think that people have to kind of look at and think about is that, you know, there's a lot of wealth generated from real estate, right? And if you look at the people, and I, we've used examples in other podcasts that are, have accumulated or amassed um, a certain amount of wealth. And a wealth is defined as really an amount of money that's specific to you, right? Whether it's 50,000 extra dollars that you couldn't have gotten any other way or $10 million doesn't matter. It's specific to you, the homeowner, right? right? So, so many people have amassed wealth from homeownership and in the Denver market, if you bought a house anytime in the last five years, chances are really good that you've experienced some pretty good appreciation, right? Yep. Yeah. And so the idea is, what do you do with it, right? How do you take that wealth that you've amassed, be it 10,000 or $10 million, how do you, how do you uh, get to it? And what do you do with it to maybe make better use of the money while it's sitting there? Right. Well, and, and I also think that it's different across, when, even when you're thinking about Denver Metro, some have increased a little bit and some have increased a lot. So right. there's, there's difference in appreciation over, you know, over the time. Some of them maybe 5% a year, some of them have done 20% a year. Yeah, there's definitely been some areas. But I think it's pretty consistent across the board that everybody has seen at least a good amount of appreciation. Absolutely. Uh, definitely, uh, if you look at just the general numbers for Denver, Denver Metro, I mean, we're well above the national average for sure. Yep, yep, no question about it. Um, so let's talk about um, maybe why we should um, access um, some of those, uh, some of that money. You know, what, well, well, first of all, let, let's, let's talk about how to access the money. So there's basically three ways that you can access the money, right? So you could sell your house and access, you know, and go buy something else, right? So that's accessing the equity. You can you know, do a second mortgage, uh, you know, an equity line of credit or something to that effect to, to borrow that money, that extra money back out, right? And uh, the third way is to refinance your current mortgage and, and pull that cash out, Yep. right? Yep. So let's, let's talk a little bit on why you might want to uh, do one of those things. Yeah, I mean, I think the, so again, I mean, the most simple is to sell and take the equity and uh, buy another house. But I think that limits you. When we get into talking about some of the things you can do with the money, if you take the money from your house, then you're going to use the majority of it on the down payment in some way, shape or form to buy the next one. So depending on how you look at the whole thing, where you buy, how you buy, there's a lot of factors involved. Um, that one is definitely the norm but maybe not quite the most effective way with some of the things that we're talking about. Now, we're taking uh, something into consideration and that is more along the lines of, well, you've got this equity here and you're not really thinking about selling. Obviously, if you wanna buy a new house, then you're going to sell your house more than likely and you're gonna use the money for the down payment otherwise, right? So we're not taking that consideration. 
We're thinking more along the lines of homeowners sitting out there right now going, I've got $100,000 sitting here in equity in my home and I don't really know what to do with it. You know, is there something I could do that could be, you know, make me some money or it could be better use of my or more efficient use of my money or my my time type thing. Right. That's really well, what we're talking about. Yeah, and, and I think, like you said, if, if you are looking to move up, you're in a $300,000 house now and you want a four or $500,000 house, that's a great way to do that, but that's not really what we're talking about, right? Right, that's a whole different, whole different subject. Exactly. Yeah, so then you look at the, really the two main ways of accessing cash out of your home, and one is the refinance with a cash out, and the other one is getting what they call a HELOC or a second mortgage, a home equity line of credit, right? So there's some things to talk about on both those, Dick. And then I think the one thing and the, the, the one thing that we see most is just a true cash out refinance. And um, one of the reasons for that is that uh, assuming the equity that you have in your home um, allows you to do that. Um, the idea behind the cash out refinance is the rates are generally lower, right? And you have the option of a out of the gates fixed rate um, right off the bat. And so that's, that's a pretty good uh, resource to use to get access to the cash in your home and to do different things with. Right. And the rates are lower compared to the HELOC or those types of things. The rates not be, might not be lower than what you have on your mortgage now. Right. Right. So, um, but it is, it, it is lower usually on a first mortgage than it is on a second mortgage. Yeah, and so when you look at the, the HELOC or the home equity line of credit, a lot of times it's not fixed, generally speaking, right? And there are, right. again, there's, there's, you know, differences out there, but generally speaking, it's based off of prime rate or some sort of index um, that adjusts based on the market adjustment, you know? Yep. And on top of that, usually, again, normally, uh, the rates are a tad higher, um, especially depending on your credit score and so on and so forth, a tad higher than what you would see on a regular cash out refinance. Right. Yep. And they're not fixed. So how do you how do you figure out whether it is smart to do a cash out refinance? Okay. If if I've got a four percent mortgage right now and I'm going to move up to you know the high fours or low fives. How how do you know whether whether that's a smart thing to do or not? Well, I mean, so first and foremost, I would say the best way to figure it out is to give us a call, right? And so we can really look at every at your situation. Everyone's totally different. However, let's introduce the term opportunity cost, right? And and that can mean everything from uh, paying off credit card debts, investing in other ventures, uh, that type of thing. So it depends on what you do with the money, right? right. Is it smart to increase your interest rate, take the cash, throw it in your bank, and go buy a bunch of fur coats and a Ferrari? No, it's not. We all know that, right? However, it's fun. Might be fun, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely serves a purpose, I guess. But at the same time, not the best use of your money. However, we've talked about three things, I think, three main things. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do, but there's three main things, Dick, that you and I have talked about and we've talked about with our customers for decades now um, to do with the money. And one, which makes a lot of sense, is debt consolidation right? If you've got debts, especially high interest rate debt, especially high interest rate credit cards and that sort of thing, could be car loans, personal loans, those type of things, but they're higher interest rate with no tax deductibility, which is a whole other discussion um, that you do currently have in most cases, in some cases, for your home, home equity interest. Um, the idea is that if you've got those high rate debts, why not use a lower rate on your home to pay those off, right? Yep. I mean, it makes sense. And talk about some of the savings. You and I were just talking on a, on a, a level about one of our, our customers the other day. 
I thought you said they saved like a thousand dollars a month and their rate even went up a little bit. Yep. I had one that, uh, yeah, the rates went up quite a bit, but we paid off two trucks and some credit cards and, uh, uh, you know, everything. So they were debt free except for their house and they saved over a thousand dollars a month, you know, even with their rate going up, you know, more than a point. Um, so it's, it, it really, it really made sense for them. And there, there's a lot of people that you could save if, if you add up all your monthly payments every month that you have out there, your car payments, your credit cards, all those, all those things. If you add all those up and you can get rid of those and, and increase your mortgage a little bit, it, you know, it, sometimes it really makes sense and sometimes it doesn't, but we'll, we'll help you with those numbers. If you, if you give us a call, we'll, we'll work out the numbers for you and make sure it makes financial sense to do. But if you can save a thousand dollars a month, even though your interest rate goes up a little bit, you know, I think sometimes people focus on their interest rate more than they do their overall financial picture because right. cash flow means a lot and you can do a lot with cash flow that you can't, you know, a little bit higher interest rate, but a higher cash flow, meaning you've, you've paid off all your debts, it, it really it really can make a difference uh, financially for you in building wealth. And that's what we're talking about today is really building your wealth and, and, and gathering as, as much as you can. Dick, what I want to do with that, with that comment, because I know what some people are going to think about this, they're going to go, wait a minute. Um, there's a bunch of different questions out there, right? They might think about you said you paid off a couple car loans, right? A couple trucks. Does that make sense if they're only a six, five or six year loan and the interest rate on those, wherever those paid off credit cards? So I know there's some questions. So I really want to branch this into two different directions based on our conversation that you and I had. One, th this individual didn't necessarily need to save $1,000, right? They weren't out there going, I've got to save money, you nope. know, bar none, right? They just it's wanted to, do yep. it to make it smart. Right. So that, that's, that's, I'm bringing that up because it's important because I want to look at this two different ways, right? One way is looking at the, the most effective use of your funds, right? And this particular individual, if I'm correct, and correct me if I'm wrong, this particular individual was, was really looking to save as much money as possible and lower the rates, take that money and push it back into the equity of their home so that they paid their house off quicker. So in essence, what happened, because I know the one question I would have would be like, why would I take a six-year car payment and stretch it out for 30 years, right? Because that's something, that's something that somebody asked. I would ask that. Well, yep. What happened, if you look at the amortization, again, this is something we can totally personalize and, and see how you fit into the picture, your particular situation. But this particular individual was willing to take that same thousand bucks. He wasn't having a budget crisis. He just wanted to save money. So he took the thousand dollars and was willing to stuff it back into his mortgage, right? And really knock that time down where truly he was paying his house off in less than half the time as normal, saving him hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. right. So these are numbers we could get into um, and everybody's very individual. But I, I think it's important to bring that up because somebody might be saying, well, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. I'm going to take a car payment, even if the car is at 8% and my mortgage is at, you know, 4.75, I don't want to stretch it out. Well, it doesn't always necessarily make sense. Yeah. However, if you look at the what they're doing with the money, again, opportunity cost, you're taking the savings from those debts that you're currently paying every month, putting it back into your mortgage, reinvesting in yourself and paying your house off in half the time, that's, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars of savings, right? Yep. So that's I, one. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a great point because everybody's situation is different. That's why we can't just say, hey, everybody should do a cash out refinance because it doesn't make sense for everybody. 
right? It, it, it just depends on what your long-term goals. I had two that I saved over $1,000 within the last few months. One of them, and they were completely different. One of them was approaching retirement age. So they wanted to cut their, their, uh, their, their payments. I mean, they're still going to work for another uh, five, seven years, but they wanted to get everything as low as possible so they could save as much money as they can. And then, like you said, start paying it toward the, toward the mortgage to get that down also. So it, you know, and, and the other one really was um, just their, their debt was getting out of hand and they were having trouble you know, paying everything. So um, we were able to, you know, consolidate, save $1,000 a month. And that really made a difference in, in their life, you know, going forward because they could, they could afford those, those bills now. So two totally different situations, but it made sense for both of them to, to do. Well, let's, let's, let's address in those two situations, the opportunity cost in each one, right? One is the cost, the opportunity cost is, paying your house off a lot sooner, restructuring some debts that you currently owe. You're not borrowing any more money. Restructuring debts you currently owe to free up cash flow, to sock away the cash back into your home, reinvesting in yourself. There's the opportunity cost. The opportunity cost of the other individual is that, hey, I'm stuck in a bad spot. I've got some debts and maybe got a little bit out of a hand for one reason or the other, because it happens, right? Right. Bad things happen to good people. It happens, right? Yep. Sometimes you need an avenue or a channel to fix it, and that can happen too. The opportunity cost in that is, is really tenfold. Everything from salvaging your credit, uh, paying off the high interest rate credit cards, uh, saving money in every month so you can breathe and live easier. I mean, it's, it's, it's endless on those types of situations. So absolutely, debt consolidation is a big deal. And um, it's something that I think if, if done correctly, it makes a lot of sense for somebody. Yep. And we will definitely help you determine if it makes financial sense to do. Like Pat said, if you've got two months two months more on your car payment, it, it, it doesn't make that much sense to pay it off, right? But if you've got six years and you can save, you know, $700 a year for the next six years, maybe it does make sense, you know? So there's a lot of, lot of, different, lot of different ways to, uh, to go with that. Yeah, just, I mean, it's one of those buyer beware things. We want people to understand that there are ways to do it. There's also ways, if you're not careful, to make it look extremely pretty, but not be a benefit. So we really need to look at the overall situation and how that works out. Bottom line. So let's let's move into the next kind of phase. So opportunity cost you talked about. Yep. So how about taking that equity that you have, taking some of that equity out and taking that opportunity to go buy another property? Yeah. Well, that's a big one, right? Especially in this market. Um, so a couple different ways to look at that one, Dick. I think that it's important to, to identify both, right? Depends on what you want to do. Right. Some people watching may really be thinking in their mind, you know what, we're outgrowing this house or maybe we've, we're undergrowing, right? Because both things happen, right? I mean, we've moved in the past where kids go to college and the next thing you know, it's like, I need a smaller house, right? The kids are gone or kids are growing up and you need a bigger house. So those happen. So if you're, if you're moving up in, in your house, right, if that's the idea, then that's one way to handle it, right? You can go out, you can buy another house, take the equity from the home that you're in, right? And go buy another house. And then there's ways to do it, right? Maybe keep that house that you're living in as an investment property or rental, correct? Yep. And then the other way would be um, maybe more along the lines of you going, I really don't want to move, but I wouldn't mind having an investment property. I've always thought about having a rental house, right? So then you go out and take that equity and you go buy a rental property as an investment, 
right? And then you have your little investment property. Yep. Yep. And, and the other thing is, is what if you want to house the mountains, a vacation home, something like that? Ah, you know, that's, that's another opportunity that you could take a little bit of equity, use that equity for the down payment on the, the new place. And um, then you have the down payment. And then now you, you have an investment property or a second home or vacation home or something like that. Yeah. And that, that just allows you to have the appreciation on both ends. And, but you're using your equity in your current house for the down payment on that other house. Yeah. You talk about a state living in the state of Colorado. I mean, that, that, that scenario you're giving there serves a couple purposes because it could be buying the uh, vacation home that you also lease out on occasion. So I, I like to go mountain biking, right? So I have a lot of mountain biker friends and a lot of these people that I know and I've dealt with in the past have bought second homes in the mountains, right? And it's technically their vacation home, but then they realize I don't use it like, you know, a couple weekends a month and some months I don't use it as much as others. So then they put it on like, you know, the VRBO or they have a management company or whatever it is and they end up paying their, their full cost to own that home just by the partial time they're renting it out or leasing it out for weekends or nights or whatever weeks at a time. So yeah, so it's a whole nother opportunity there for somebody in the, in, you know, to do with their equity in their home. Yep. No, it's, it, it's definitely a, a, a great, um, that, that's, that's a great way to, you know, the more properties you have, the more that's appreciating in the more wealth you're building, you know, with those types of things. And if you can use them and you can get them paid for, like you said, with uh, renting them out a little bit, I mean, that's, that's obviously the best of both worlds, but, um, and we'll, we'll help you with those numbers too, um, to determine whether that, you know, whether it makes sense and whether you can afford both places, obviously there's upkeeps and there's mortgages on both of them. So we got to make sure that all that works, but if you don't have the down payment, you can pull that down payment out of your house and, and, and put it on the new one. So quick story on that, Dick, I got a buddy who, um, believe it or not, I went to college with, and we've been on a college for a long time, but. That's one thing he did 10 years ago, okay, because he's a teacher. And 10 years ago, uh, he bought a property, same exact thing. They used it. They rented it out on some weekends. He was a big skier. So he skied a bunch, didn't rent it out much during the ski season, but only went there sparingly during the spring, summer, and fall. So he leased it out, paid all his payments. The, over the 10 years, he socked all, all of that money he made on it back into it. The house is paid for now, right? Wow. And he's retiring, and it's completely paid for Wow. And he got all years. of the weekends yeah. basically up there. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely some cool things you could do. Yep. That, that's, that's awesome. Um, the third reason I think, um, I mean, there's, there's a ton of different reasons why you should, why you can do this, but you know, the, the three main reasons that, that we came up with the debt consolidation, you know, using the money um, for a down payment. The other one is maybe you want to just, you don't want another house. You don't have any de other debts but you need a new kitchen or you want to redo the backyard or you want to fix up your house to stay there for the next 15 years. That's another way that we can use that cash out refinance to pay for, you know, renovations on the house. Yeah. I've, so I've had actually, believe it or not, this has been really, really popular amongst my, uh, my, my previous clients. I can't tell you the number of people who've reached out to me and been like, Hey, we don't, we don't really want to move. Um, but we're really looking at redoing a lot of stuff in our house. You know, we've been there for five or six years and 
these do carpet and paint and general stuff. We're going to do all these different things. So I've seen everything from kind of that, that, uh, you know, that facelift, carpet, paint, appliances, you know, kitchen, bathroom type stuff to full on remodels. You yeah. know, I've seen, and, and strangely enough in this market, that actually make, not only makes the house more marketable in the future, right? It also increases your value. You know, a lot of people are doing the, you know, add a room, do an addition, different driveway, make the garage bigger, whatever. So there's a lot of things you can do. And that actually, again, opportunity cost. It's really investing back in yourself because you're taking your piece of real estate and you're making it that much better. Well, and, and I think, you know, we, we kind of have a joke in, in our neighborhood. Anytime you see um, carpet being redone, you know, those people are ready to move, right? Right. Uh, because it's, it seems like people wait until they're ready to move to fix up their house. And I think a lot of that is because people don't have fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars sitting around that they can just, um, you know, do do this remodel for for themselves. But you do. You might have that in the equity of your house. And my opinion is, you want to if you're going to remodel your house, don't remodel it for the next person. Remodel it for yourself. And use it for a few years before you before you sell it. You know? It makes a big difference. I mean, if, I don't know if, how often or if you've ever done that. Um, but, I mean, I know that I did it. And it made a really, a, actually a profound difference. It was like a whole new house, right? And, and it didn't even cost that much. Way cheaper than selling and going to buy a new one. It was great. I loved it. Well, just two, week, two weekends ago, we got a new light fixture in our dining room. And, you know, I mean, obviously that's not a real remodel, but it changed the whole personality of the room, you know, and, and it's amazing what just a couple little things, but if you really want to do a brand, a new kitchen, you know, you know, that might cost forty, fifty thousand $50,000, but it could change, you know, the, the whole thing of your house, you know, for the next 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you know, so there's there's a lot of different reasons to uh, to do these, and and we'd love to help you out any way we can in you know asking you questions and finding out how long you're going to be in the house and and all those types of things. Ask you what you're going to do for the money, and really do the math on it to make sure it makes sense. Because we never want to put our clients in a worse position than they than they were to begin with, and we'll make sure that that you don't do that. We want to make sure that you're you know on the right track and that everything, you're doing everything for the right reasons. But we'd love to help you out any way we can. Um, just respond to, to this any, any way you got it, uh, and we will help you any way we can. Absolutely. And don't forget, if you're watching this, and you know somebody who's currently in the middle of buying or selling a home, or even refinancing, you know, please send them our way. That's how we make our living. Appreciate you uh, watching today. Great. Well, you have uh, a great day and uh, we will talk to everybody soon. Cheers.